Welcome to the Moms Hustle Different Podcast, where we give moms of color the tools they need to soar in their careers and in motherhood. Welcome to the Moms Hustle Different Podcast. I'm so excited that you have decided to join us today. I'm your host, Brenda Miller. And on today's episode, we have Talisa Kiel. Uh, who is an amazing speaker and professional, and she is a military veteran. Um, and I think you will really enjoy the conversation. Uh, this conversation was actually had at the beginning of COVID, so it's been a little while, but I think that moms will definitely, definitely relate to everything that she talked about. So, Without further ado, I'm just going to go ahead and go into the episode. Let's start by reading Talisa's bio. Talisa Keel is an entrepreneur owning two businesses, and she's also the alumni engagement director for The Mission Continues. She has a bachelor's degree in criminal justice from Lamar University and a master's degree in sociology from the University of Houston, Clear Lake. Keel served eight years in the Texas Army National Guard to include an overseas deployment during Operation Iraqi Freedom. Post her 2009 deployment to Iraq, she experienced firsthand the effects of war, which included the invisible wounds of war and suicides among her comrades. For the past several years, Keel has worked with various veteran service networks, supporting both local and national platforms. Her advocacy efforts reach far and beyond all supportive services for service members, veterans, and their families. As a newcomer to the world of entrepreneurship, Talisa launched her public speaking platform a year ago with her company Words Were Spoken LLC. WWS provides the opportunity to share inspirational messages to all desired audiences, educate communities on mental health, military culture, facing adversity, life skills, and beyond. This year, Talisa and her husband also launched their fitness business, Kieler Fitness and Nutrition Club, LLC. In addition, Talisa is working on her first book, expected to launch early next year. Kiel is a seasoned conference presenter, and last year, she earned the Combined Arms Community Builder Award, and then most recently, she won the Comcast Hispanic Heroes Award. Talisa is a native of Galveston County and is married with two children. Among being an advocate, she is also an avid volunteer, writer, and enjoys spending all of her free time with family. And without further ado, let's meet Talisa. Welcome, Talisa, to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad you're here. And of course, you know, our icebreaker is called Brag on Your Baby. So I would love to hear a little bit more about your children. Yes. So I have a five-year-old boy and a one-year-old firecracker little girl. Um, My son is definitely um, just the mama's boy, the sweetheart. And my daughter is the school problem child. (laughs) But what? I am most proud about them right now is, ironically, although she's the the problem child, um, both of my children know God. They know who he is, um, and they are confident as to what he can do in his life, and um, that brings joy to my heart to um, see them pray, whether it's blessing their food, because they're so young, 
and saying their prayers at night, even without my presence there. And so um, recently, my son um, has memorized uh, the Lord's Prayer. And my daughter, although only being one, she's not saying full sentences, she'll mumble something and amen. And I just think it's the cutest thing ever. So um, I, I love that. And I just hope that they grow um, and continue to to really strive for this strong relationship with God because you know, as a mom, we fear the moment where we, we're not going to, be, we're not around our children 24 hours a day. And um, knowing that they know who God is um, brings comfort to my heart. That's beautiful. That's good. You know, they say train up a child in the way they should go and they yes. will not depart from it. So that's beautiful um, and lovely to hear. Um, and thank you so much for sharing. No um, so the first question of the podcast is always, where were you in your career when you became a mom? Oh, my gosh. Let's talk about where I was in my career when I found out I was pregnant. Okay. <laughs> Both. I, you know, I served eight years in the military. and um, during that journey was able to get a college degree. And after I got my first degree, I was deployed to Iraq, came back home and didn't really know what I was going to do with my life. And so I decided to go to graduate school and during graduate school, I upheld all these little, you know, retail substitute teaching, teaching, um, just jobs to kind of get me by. And, um, and it was hard. I did yeah. not realize how hard it would be to, to come out of the military, not be able to secure, um, a profession that made me feel good about who I was and what I've done. And so I distinctly remember going into my last semester of graduate school and working at a car wash and I'll never feel like I'm better than anything. But at that time in my life, I was just so torn, not understanding why after, you know, so many years in the military, having a bachelor's degree, getting ready to graduate with a master's degree, here I was vacuuming vehicles for a car wash. I was also working in retail, and I was substitute teaching all at the same time. And um, that was a breaking point in my life. But eventually, I would get a good job, right? And I would get married and, um, I had been married for about a year, finally, um, got a job that was related to my degree working at a mental health clinic. And, um, they wanted me to start this veterans program there. I'm not even three weeks into my first real career outside of the military. I mean, I'm talking about a a small salary, but the salary came with benefits, right? That I find out that I'm pregnant. Ooh. <laughs> and, you know, I couldn't believe it because it just, it had happened so fast. I mean, obviously being married, you, you know how pregnancy happens. Yeah. <laughs> However, at the time that it happened, although we wanted a child, I was so new into this, this career 
that I was just like, oh my gosh, you know, what are these people going to think? They haven't been here a month and, um, and here I am pregnant. So that's, that's where I was at when, when I found out I was pregnant. Now, luckily for me, um, the organization was extremely understanding and said, Hey, you know, a young woman, your age and, you know, you know, two, three years into your marriage, this is, this is, you know, expected. It's not unheard of. Um, and at the time, thanks to really thanks to Obamacare at the time, um, I was covered medically because, um, pregnancy was under Obamacare. Pregnancy wasn't uh, considered a predetermined illness. And so, um, you know, I was still able to be covered by the healthcare insurance once it kicked in. And so I was very thankful and blessed for that. And, um, and carried on. I mean, I worked all the way through. I, actually, the day I called my boss, um, nine months pregnant, and said, I'm tired. I don't think I'm going to be able to come back in. That next morning, I went into labor. So, wow. I, I, yeah, I literally worked all the way through um, that pregnancy and um, delivered my son. And, and I had short-term uh, leave. And then I was able to pick back up and and get right back to work so like as you were going through your leave getting adjusted to your new baby and thinking about okay I'm going back to work were you excited to go back since this was kind of like the field that you were in and everything else or were you kind of was it a mix of being torn? Because some people are like, yes, I'm running out the door. I'm so excited to go back to work. I'm tired of sitting in this house. Other people are like, ooh, I'm going back to work. <laughs> Which you know, one are you? When I look back on, on this time, I, I'm trying to remember, one, I had postpartum so bad. And I cried all the time. Like, I almost, I'm getting emotional just thinking about that period of my life right now. Yeah. Um, we were definitely in a different place than where we are now with our one-year-old daughter. My husband was um, working during the day. He was in the police academy at night. He was gone the whole time. And I was home with a newborn and I had a C-section. So it was oh, tough. Yeah. When I had to go back to work, I cried the whole way there. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I cried the whole way there, um, but but I made it, and I made it through the day, and I took it day by day. And luckily, at that time, we we had uh, family members that was able to um, watch him when I went back to work, and I also had an aunt who had a at home childcare facility. So when he wasn't with his grandmother, he was with my aunt at her childcare facility in her home. So I was blessed to not have to uh, feel even a larger pressure of leaving my newborn baby um, within the safety of a child care facility with people that I hadn't known for, for the first year. That's good. That's exciting um, to at least know that, or comforting, I guess, to know that you can at least leave knowing that you had somebody that you already knew, that you trusted. Um, 
to hold on to him during that time so that you could focus as best you could when you got back to work. Yes, that was, that was very helpful. So kind of what happened in your career, you know, following you coming back from your leave? You know, everything that I've done, it's just, it's been check, meet the goals, go check, meet the goals, goal. I mean, high school, military, college, deployment, college, marriage, career, baby. And so from there, I progressed in in that career with that organization. I worked with them for a couple of years, and then I moved on to work for another organization um, at a, you know, obviously higher pay scale and, and higher position. I worked with them for a while. Then I went to another organization for a higher position and higher pay scale. And I stayed there for a while. And at that last organization is where I got pregnant with my second child. Um, and that situation was a little bit different. I was stab. I was a little bit more established. We by this time we we've had a home, um, we've got our careers. Um, but I will say this: unfortunately, with with the organization from from my previous career and pregnant with my daughter, they did not offer any type of um, supportive uh, leave. And so you know, you think about all the hard work you go you have as a young married couple. Um, getting established in your careers, building up your savings account, and, um, you know, having my daughter, we depleted our savings account because I was on unpaid leave the whole time with her. So, you know. (laughs) That's a different type of stress. (laughs) There's there's always barriers and roadblocks and things that can be thrown at you. But you know what? We We are a family of faith. And I'm so grateful to God that um, he allowed us to grow in our careers and our positions. And even outside of my full-time career, I've I've had a consulting and um, public speaking business on the side that has also offered, you know, extra financial support. And with my husband being in law enforcement, he works a lot of overtime that offers extra financial support to where we we were able to um, cover our expenses while I was home with our with our newborn um, through our savings, and while it hurt, didn't mean it didn't hurt yeah. to see you know uh, years of hard work and savings be depleted. It could have been the it could have been worse. You know, we could have not had any savings, and you know, not know exactly what we were going to do. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's that, you never know what, what can happen in any given situation. And, and that wasn't expected either. You know, I did not go into that career expecting to not be supported, um, post my pregnancy. Uh, that was definitely a, an unwarranted curveball for me and, and it hurt, but I had to, you know, just leave it up to God and trust and believe that things were going to be taken care of. And it was, it was taken care of at the end of the day. And I stayed with them for maybe about eight or nine months before, um, you know, after I had my daughter, before I found um, 
the next best move for me and working for an organization that is more than supportive of the family household. And um, so I'm grateful for that. But we're done having children. (laughs) (laughs) Girl, I understand. Um, I know you mentioned um, having, you know, starting consulting and some speaking. How did you do that in the midst of kind of being a newish mom and also kind of starting your, I guess, new career per se? Well, you know, in in the previous um, positions I've had, I have always had a passion to just really educate our community specifically on um, just empowering people in general and then speaking on mental health awareness, suicide prevention and 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 um, substance abuse and things of that nature. And so I had really gotten established in the mental behavioral health world, whereas I've worked with many different organizations and companies and I've applied to be a speaker for conferences and workshops. And through that, an organization um, sought me out and said, hey, you know, we would love for you to be a consultant for, for our organization. And it would require you to basically, you know, learn their, their workshop material and present it at various conferences across the nation. And so I spent a year doing that and I uh, took uh, personal time off to travel and facilitate those conferences. I um, accepted speaking opportunities that worked around my husband's schedule or I let him know ahead of time um, that I had that opportunity to come up and you know, I did about six conferences for this company and really learned that not only do I have a passion for public speaking, but I'm not that bad at it. I definitely want to get better, but I learned yeah. that I, I, I'm not that bad at it. I also learned that a lot of people fear public speaking. They get in front of a group of people and freeze, whereas I thrive off of that. I get excited to be in front of a group of folks to share knowledge that I have that I want them to have. Those things excite me. And so um, maybe, you know, I wouldn't feel so comfortable talking about something that I do not know much about. But if it's something that I'm passionate about, oh, yeah, I'm going to really enjoy that moment. And so I decided to um, be vulnerable and and, and step out and, and build capacity off of that. I had been um, pondering um, over the, a few books that I've been working on and um, really wanting to just build a name and a company for myself. And I decided to do that through my company, Words Worth Spoken, which will also be the title of my first book when it comes out, hopefully later this year. Um, and so, yeah, so that's where I'm at. And Words Worth Spoken is an opportunity to just share joy and knowledge and empowerment um, amongst all uh, communities, rather, um, spe- and specifically diverse communities, our black and brown communities, women, um, military uh, culture background. I really love to tap into uh, populations that may feel like they're invisible or may feel like they're not sought out as much because um, there's so many different uh, unique topics and conversations that look and sound different uh, 
dependent upon who you are or where you come from and really wanting to speak to that culture because at the end of the day, we have to meet people where they're at. So if we're, no matter, if we're talking about um, certain world affairs or empowering a certain uh, set of people or discussing mental health awareness, you have to understand your audience. And so I, I personally prefer to speak to audiences that are similar to me and my background. I'm a military veteran. I am a woman. And I am also a minority, a woman of color. And I grew up in an underserved community. So I'm no stranger to adversity. I'm no stranger to um, working hard to get out of certain circumstances and to not want to be a product of the environment that I grew up in. So I understand um, how it feels to live a determined life, to want to thrive and to work hard and to continue to accomplish and to provide and give myself and my family things that I never had growing up. Yeah. And I think that that is what other people growing up in similar situations, whether young or the same age as me, should be able to witness and see and hear. Because oftentimes people get to see the final product. They see someone polished, but they don't see all of the things that they experienced and went through to get to that point in their life. And that's the real. And people need to be able to hear that and see that and be able to relate to it before they can really receive what you're really trying to provide for them. Yeah, that's real. I mean, a lot of times we do. And that's kind of why I wanted to start this podcast as well was a lot of times when you're a mom, when you have family, when you are working, you have a lot going on. Sometimes you can feel alone and feel like, looking on Instagram or on social media oh, yes. or something like that and feel like, oh, wow, how's their house so clean? Or oh, how child, do they do this and that? <laughs> and they're here, they're there, they're at this event, they're at that event, they're doing this, they're doing that, they're a vice president, they're a business owner. How do they do all of this? And sometimes you have to understand that everybody is doing things, you know, differently and things aren't always what they seem. Um, and I thought, being able to share stories of different types of moms and different um, parts of their lives and being able to say like, all right, we're all figuring it out. And this is happens to be the way that this person is figuring it out. And you can listen mm -hmm. to another episode and see how someone else is figuring it out. And um, it could be inspiring in that way to say, oh, okay, well, I could find my own journey in this, or I could see, oh girl, I feel that. Like I understand <laughs> You know, like absolutely. So I definitely can understand that and having that passion to, you know, really be able to impact the communities that are similar to the ones you grew up in. Absolutely. And, you know, it's not easy. We talk about self-care. Oh, my gosh. You know, I'll be the first person to tell you, girl, you got to take care of yourself. You have to do this. You have to do that. But then it's also like, well, when do I have time to do these things? Right. When do I have time to take care of myself? But I'll tell you, the best advice someone ever gave me stepping into motherhood was from my aunt. We call her Tiny. And she said, Talisa, 
let me tell you, do not lose yourself in motherhood. Now I was new mother. I had a newborn and that did not mean as much to me at that moment as it would later on when I really began to understand what she meant. And she would tell it to me again later on. Baby, don't lose yourself in motherhood. Don't lose yourself in motherhood. Don't lose yourself in motherhood because it is so easy. By nature, we are the nurturers. Mm-hmm. We create, we, we, are, we grew life in our own bodies, sacrifice our bodies to bring life into this world and to continue to take care of that life until our lives end. And so when we think about self-care as a mother, it just is so different to prioritize that. But when you lose yourself in being a mother, you lose your ability to fulfill motherhood for your children. Mm. So we have to take care of ourselves. If I am running on E, then that's what I'm providing to my family. So I had to learn to not be guilty to take care of myself. So let me tell you something. When we get when I get off of work, if I need to work out, them kids are going into kids club. <laughs> and that's okay. They're running around, they're playing. If they weren't in kids club, then they'd be running around the house while you're cooking. If this means we might have to spend an extra $30 to eat out, whether it's Chick-fil-A or whatever, because you decided to go to the gym instead of cook dinner, that is okay. We put so much pressure on ourselves to be everything to everybody and to do everything. It's okay if you eat out a couple of times a week. You know, it's okay if they eat cereal for dinner. They're still well nourished. <laughs> That's so a good I don't, one. I don't feel guilty for going to the gym when I need to. I don't feel guilty for taking a sick day if I need to. I have the luxury to do that with the job that I have. I do not feel guilty going to the nail shop for a couple of hours so I can get a manicure and pedicure because, child, if I'm going to be tired all the time, I'm going to at least look good while I am tired. Okay. (laughs) That's a good one. We have to get to that point in our lives where we become a priority. And that is so hard. I'm a huge believer in affirmations. And uh, especially when I'm feeling down and I'm I'm not my best self. You know, when's the last time you looked in the mirror and just told yourself, I love you? I love who you are. I love the woman that you're becoming. You are a wonderful mom. You are a wonderful friend. You are a wonderful sister. You are a child of God. You are accomplished. You beat all odds. Girl, you are doing the damn thing. All of the above. You know, we have to be our own cheerleaders. We have to be able to lift ourselves up. That is self-care too. And that just takes nothing but a minute of time to yourself in the mirror reminding you of who you are and what you have done. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, because a lot of times you see parents giving their children affirmations and stuff like that, but we have to start that first. 
<laughs> we can't expect our children to do affirmations and to feel confident in themselves and to prioritize themselves if we don't do it as well. So absolutely makes total sense. And I also just like the fact of, because sometimes I struggle with, okay, well, I need to go to the gym and trying to figure out when I'm going to go, how I'm going to do it. If I go in the evening, then what are they going to, you know, what are we going to do for dinner? And it's going to be late or whatever else. But sometimes you just got to do it. And you have to. You like what you have to. What you said about cereals, like breakfast for dinner is the best thing in the world. <laughs> like that's a treat. <laughs> Having breakfast for dinner sometimes, like, mm, you won't hurt anybody. Exactly. And they will not mind it. <laughs> mm-hmm. They'll love it. Be like, oh, for real? We get cereal for dinner? Mm-hmm. Cereal for dinner. Um, but I really I really appreciate that. And I love this section of talking about self-care with people because we kind of get into a box of what self-care is, but it's, you know, honestly just a way that an individual person decides to fill themselves up and if it's affirmations that does it or the nail salon that does it or going to the gym or whatever else whatever it means for you it's a way to fill yourself up so that you can be what you need to be to the people that you love and the children that you love exactly um so in addition to not losing yourself in motherhood are there any other tips or anything else that you would kind of like the audience and of Moms Hustle different to know or what you think that they um, should know about balancing work, balancing side hustle, and motherhood, any of those things? You know, at the end of the day, you have to do what's best for you and what works best for you. If you have a side hustle, then you you already understand that there's a lot of sacrifice in that. That means when the kids are asleep, you're working your side hustle, you're preparing, you are coordinating, you're getting things together. Um, But at the same time, you also have to have boundaries in your life. You have to be very clear about who you are and what you want and how you're going to get there. Um, And you have to be okay with saying no especially if you have a goal that you're trying to accomplish. You have to prioritize because work, work is always going to be there. And that's where these boundaries really come into play. I have a bad habit of bringing my laptop to the bed. And I've, I've worked really hard to, if, if, I, if it's not for my, my business, my personal goals, then it shouldn't be there. If I'm working after hours just because I feel like, oh, I really wanted to get this done today, what's not done today can be done tomorrow. It's not a life and death situation. If nobody is going to die, that work for your full-time job, it's going to be there tomorrow. That's called boundaries. No is a response. It is an answer. And it is okay to say no. And coming, coming back from this conference I recently went to, um, one of the speakers um, actually said something so very profound. No is a response and it doesn't require a why. Mm. Women always feel that they have to validate and explain their whys behind everything or even 
not kind of lower themselves by saying just I just want to do this I just be empowered no is an answer it doesn't require a why and you don't have to say and, and remove just out of just your vernacular I, I would say those are a little boundaries are a big one and no is an answer so those would be my two biggest things there make yourself a priority make your children a priority if you're married, you got to make your husband a priority. And this just goes with time management and building out that calendar, honey. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you know, building out that calendar, making date night a, a, a priority. If it's once a month, get you your sitter at least once a month. If you can do that and establish that, um, don't bring work into the bedroom have boundaries, set goals, and go out there and accomplish them because you can do it, but it is going to take discipline. It is going to take determination. It's going to take consistency. And most of all, as a woman of faith, it's going to take God. Yeah. So you stay prayed up in everything that you do. You keep God first. You do the good work and good things are going to follow behind. That's it. Yeah. That's good. Discipline, uh, determination, um, just continuing to move forward and take those steps every day to do the things that you need to do and to do, to accomplish the goals um, that you set for yourself. I think those are wise words and things that we continue to remember as we are um, going forth in this journey because being a mom um, being a wife or partner, it, it's difficult. And it then adding difficult. on work, you're just like, oh my gosh, what and in the world did I sign even, up for? That's not even adding just because people can say, I got all these things going on in my life. So do I. Mm-hmm. And it's not to take away anything that anyone has going on, but this is why it's so important to keep God in your life. When you keep God in your life first and foremost, then you keep joy in your life. Yeah. Not once have you heard me mention all of the things that I felt could have held me back, all of the things that um, could have that was holding me down or that I could easily allow to weigh me down even right now in this chapter of my life. Before I was pregnant with my son, I had two suicide attempts. During, after I had my son, I was battling with depression. I was battling with my next career move with my daughter. You know, our savings was depleted. Even currently right now, we are um, working to take care of my husband's mother who has early onset dementia. Mm-hmm. It was so many things that I could allow to bring me down and prevent me from continuing to reach my goals, to empower other people, to make time for myself, to to make time for my business. There are a lot of things that are going on over here in the background, but I cannot allow myself to be weighed down and worry on those things because my faith tells me that those things are going on, but God is in control and he's going to take care of those things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I really want people to know that are out there and that have things on their weighing on their heart that they know that that is their purpose, that they cannot rest easy with because they're always thinking about that book 
that business, that program, that school, that next best thing in their life, but they're not reaching for those goals and opportunities because they're allowing the ways of the world to weigh them down. You can work right through that. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy. The process is not easy. The process is not always, there's always going to be barriers and road bumps and family drama and sickness and illness and coronavirus. I don't know. <laughs> right. You know, there's things that are going to be going on, but you have to be filled with the word. You have to be filled with the joy of God because that is what's going to continue to go and thrive. One of my favorite scriptures um, is out of the book of Matthews chapter six, right there towards the bottom that verses maybe 26 through the end that basically tells us, you know, I'm providing all of these things for you. Do you not have clothes on your back? Do you not have food to eat? There are enough worries in the world. There's enough worries for tomorrow for you to be worrying. Basically, he's, that's what he's saying in that scripture. Yeah. Why are you worrying about all of these other things? It's enough worries going on. You know, I'm here to provide you peace and comfort and all and everything that you need if you just allow me to do that by keeping me first in your life. So you keep God first in your life. You don't allow the ways of the world to distract you from your goal and your purpose. And you strive for that. That's what you have to do because it's enough going on. You're taking care of everybody from husband, spouse, mom, dad, whoever, your children, your career. You've got to put you first, take care of yourself, set boundaries, say no when necessary, and be disciplined. I love that. I love it all. Definitely. I think those are wise words for everyone to hear and hopefully inspirational Um to remember um, to put the things that need to be first, first, um, to remembering that, you know, God got your back. God's already figuring out the things that we're struggling with. Um, so we need to cast our cares um, on him versus uh, trying to carry it all ourselves. Um, and then from there, doing our part in saying no when necessary, being able to um, push when necessary, um, and kind of go where we need to go. So I appreciate it. I appreciate those words. I think, uh, those are wise words for our audience and for the moms of a different nation, whatever we're calling ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) Um, awesome. That's great. I'm so excited, um, and happy that you were able to join us today for, um, moms also different. I think um, everybody, if they heard what I heard, that they um, should be inspired and uplifted um, through our conversation. So I really thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. All right. That was our episode with Talisa Q. I'm so grateful that she was able to join us and that you were able to listen to that interview, even though it was recorded a while back, I think it's definitely still relevant to how we're all feeling right now as moms. So uh, if you enjoyed this episode, I would love if you rate our podcast on your chosen podcast platform. And then if you even really, really love it to leave a review. 
um, I would really appreciate it. And it will also help others who see the podcast and know that it's worth listening to. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Moms Hustle Different or online at MomsHustleDifferent.com. Uh, feel free to chat with me and let me know what you think of the episode. Thank you so much for joining us and see you next time.